series of which this is the first. When are you going to get your finger in? <laughs> uh, my name is Guy Hale, I'm the author of the Jimmy Wayne series and the new Shakespearean series starting next year. Hello everyone, my name is Martin Tracy, I'm the author of the Judd Stone series. Uh, a couple of standalones out there as well, and also some non-fictional music industry books. Hello, I'm Wendy Clark, and I've written seven um, psychological thrillers for Bookature, and I've got the eighth coming out next year. Hi everybody, my name's Stephen Moore. Um, I'm the author of the Higher Kane Action Thriller series, as you can see here. And another series featuring Alex Andrea Ridley, Alexandria Ridley, which is a more of a, a straight thriller series, and a few standalone books as well. It's not irritating at all, it's fine. Um, were there any books or authors that inspired you to write in the genre that you're writing? Um, yes. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, you want me to go into more detail? Um, yeah, so um, I was very lucky that I grew up in a house that was pretty much crammed with books, and my dad was a big fan of Alistair MacLean. So he had all those Alistair MacLeans, and Alistair MacLean's quite, quite thin books, so they're not that intimidating when you're... 11 or 12 and of course being 11 and 12 you sort of want to grow up fast and uh, so I wanted to read books that I wasn't allowed to read um, and uh, so Bond, Alistair MacLean, Hammond Innes, all those kind of things, anything the horror like you know James Herbert, Stephen King, if I wasn't allowed to read it I wanted to read it basically and so yeah and all of them have influenced me. <laughs> Yeah, with me it was um, more literary fiction when I was younger. Um, Evening War was a personal favourite. Uh, I always liked my literature shot through with some comedy. But then I discovered Laurie Lee, and as I walked out, One Midsummer Morning was just one of the most beautifully written books ever. So as a homage to those great, great writers, I just write jokey killers books, and that's about it really. My first, I'm going to use a couple of names that have already been said today um, in earlier panels. Um, one was Uni Brighton, um, clearly not in the genre that I write in, by the way. <laughs> but she was my inspiration growing up as a kid um, in terms of escapism through words. Um, Stephen King, Richard Lehman, James Herbert, you, you, your classical sort of thriller writers, uh, well, horror writers, absolutely inspired me. Um, but Dan Brown did, did it for me because um, what I liked about Dan Brown was he sort of wove um, these kind of complex plots around what is fact and what is fiction and you're kind of left guessing, well, could that have really happened? That's a conspiracy, what is it, da 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 um, And that kind of really appealed to me, to me to write faction, I guess. Um, and then another one from sort of the crime elements um, is Peter James obviously very well known in these parts and he was an inspiration as well uh, for me to start writing but I tried to attempt at crime books um, but there you go. Um, I write psychological thrillers and I would say that there are no um, authors that inspire me to actually write my thrillers because 
I never started off writing with the intention of writing in that genre. I actually started writing um, with sort of women's fiction, I suppose. It was, um, I wrote for magazines, and um, it was a lot of, sort of mostly romance and family, family stories, I suppose. Um, so I didn't come to write psychological thrillers until I had um, I gained an agent, an agent with my first novel, which was a romantic mystery, I suppose, romantic suspense. And um, although I was taken on by an agent with that book, they then decided that that wasn't the book that they wanted to give to um, publishers. They wanted me to write something different. So it's like, okay, um, what should I write? And they thought um, at the time the market was good for psychological thrillers. Would I like to write a psychological thriller? I think because they knew that I'd done a psychology degree and that maybe I could use this in some way to write the thrillers. Um, so I did. So I spent a year writing the book. Um, and then unfortunately got, <laughs> got dropped along with two other novel authors at the time. Um, and so I was then sort of out on my own. And then luckily this, this psychological thriller that they'd asked me to write won a novel competition, won the Flash by novel competition. And it was picked up by my publisher Bookature um, in 2018. And that was the start of my career as a psychological thriller writer. So it was nothing to do with anybody inspiring me. Oh, I must write like them. I must write like Lisa Jewell, who I love now. Um, it was. It just sort of happened, um, and I didn't really realise that I was actually going to write in this genre. And then I realised that I really enjoyed it. Um, but there was a um, a children's book called Marianne Dreams, which is wonderful. And if any of you have got sort of children, so I don't know between about 8 and 13. It is just the most beautiful book and it is like a young person's psychological thriller. And that's inspired my second psychological thriller um, with the sisters because it was so beautifully crafted and so beautifully written that I got inspired afterwards rather than before um, my first book was written. For me it is undoubtedly Clyde Custler. Um, arguably king of the action-adventure action thrillers. Um, I've read probably all of, the, all of those books, especially the first, about 50 of them. Um, and not only Clive Custer, but I have to admit Indiana Jones, even though it was a movie, movies before books, um, they really inspired, especially this series, which is a series of kind of mad adventures and misadventures. And, and also I spent most of my adult life abroad, having my own misadventures and adventures. Um, and with a background in archaeology and art history, um, that's kind of Indiana Jones, Clive Custer, all rolling into one, and my own, my own adventures. So if I was ever going to write, it was always going to be that kind of stuff. And that's, that's how it's turned out. So. Could I just add um, Raymond Chandler and Elmore Leonard? They were two great influences. You play by your own rules, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Um, how do you develop your main characters and make them stand out in a crowded field? Um, well, they, I, the way I work is generally I have an idea for a story and then I kind of figure out who's the best person for it to happen to. Because, like, our job as writers, really, is to... We're kind of sadists. We're sort of, like, evil, capricious gods. What do you mean, kind of? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, not kind of. Yeah, I, yeah, I shouldn't qualify. We are sadists. Um, because, really, our primary job is to come up with a really nice character that you empathise with, relate to, root for, and then in, spend our entire time inventing horrible things to happen to them. Um, and put lots of obstacles in their way. And so, um, with the, and the way I work is, so like I, I often kind of come up with an idea, well, that would make a good story, and then think of who would be the person who would find it hardest in that situation to triumph. And so, um, and then the, and, and because you, you know, you want to see what's really interesting to me as a reader, we're all readers first, really, is you want to see someone struggling, maybe failing, but ultimately succeeding. And so, if you have a character who is so is Superman, it's quite difficult because they just sort of you go, yeah, they're not really in danger. They're just gonna win, aren't they? Um, you want someone to be vulnerable. You want someone to have fears and phobias and demons that they have to confront <coughs> through the story. Um, and so, with me, it's sort of um, so I have the idea first, then I think of a character I can torture, and then the the character grows from the situation. Um, and I think, and, and, and I don't really sort of set out and go, ooh, what, what kind of foible can I give them? Can I give them a limp or anything like that? It sort of comes out of the story and you hope that the humanity that you put into them, the complexity and the sort of realness that sort of, you know, organically grows out of that story and that situation will make them distinct enough. You know, that's the hope, I think. Evil and capricious, you should use that in your biography. Yeah. I, I should. <laughs> Uh, well, with my strongest character um, in the first in the first series is Wendy, and uh, I kill her on the first page during the autoerotic sex. Um, but I'd like to think that being dead isn't um, a handicap to being a, a good main character. Um, I think you're right, actually. We are evil and capricious. And yeah. Jimmy's a nice guy. He's a musician who can't make any hit songs because he's a crap writer. And he discovers when he accidentally kills Wendy the ability to write a great song. And so he tries killing somebody else, but he's a nice guy, so he only kills scumbags, plenty of them around the eye area. And uh, he finds it works for him. Unfortunately, he gets a record deal, so he's got to do it 11 times. Um, and that does set up a situation where you can be really evil and really bad and let your naughty side run. And uh, I did. <laughs> Um, when it comes to character development, um, picking up on what first gentleman said, um, you do your characters kind of end up writing themselves in the end after you start the journey idea. I think the thing is when you're writing within a book, um, you make sure that your characters are starkly different. You want the characters to be similar people and have similar traits and characters because you want them to uh, conflict, bounce off one another, etc. etc. Um, with Judge Stone, um, who is a series, obviously that's a writer that I'm now on writing the fifth and sixth books, which is a challenge in itself, two and two books at the same time. Um, but he's obviously grown along with me in writing that series, and it's been really good fun. And he's doing things now that I never thought he'd do. Um, <laughs> I mean, the guy, he's a private investigator now, but he's been, um, he's been in 
the force, you've got sat through the force because um, with me, um, I'm not like uh, a really knowledgeable person who works within crime. So I thought, well, how can I make this work for Judd? Because um, I was worried about police procedure and all that. So I thought, I'm making the worst cop it can ever be. And then that way, we get away from But actually, that makes it quite interesting and exciting because he keeps breaking the rules. He's been a bodyguard for a 26-year-old pop star who could potentially become the 27 Club. He's been all sorts of different things. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's my take on character development. Um, I think it was mentioned earlier that um, you know not only do you have to make your main character stand out from the crowd, you've got to make your main character stand out from all of your other main characters, especially if you're writing um, psychological thriller where your main character is um, female and you don't want that same, you don't want the reader to feel that it's that same person that's going through but with just a different name. Although in my case, I always have this problem where I always end up giving them the same name. My editor says, well, isn't that the same? Isn't, wasn't Beth the person in your first novel? Don't change her name. Um, so I think what I do is I like to give them something special, like a, a flaw or a vulnerability or um, for example, um, in, uh, in my book, uh, The Bride, uh, Alice has got severe claustrophobia. That was easy to write because I have severe claustrophobia. So that was, that was quite a sort of, a, you know, quite a, an easy one to write and quite traumatic actually to write some of those scenes. Um, but I've also got a character, um, Kelly, in, in my second book, um, We Were Sisters, who has got arithmomania. Um, I think I've said that right. And I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know there was a name for that. Um, and it means that, if you don't know, that it's somebody that counts, obsessively counts things. So if I had it, I'd be, I'd be counting the numbers of spiders and how many, you know, how many leaves you've got on the carpet. And, my characters got this got this problem but it's just something that will make them just that little bit different to uh, sort of other characters in your in your novels um, everything simon said i would reason my argue that my characters don't stand out in the field at all um but really it's because when I started out with this main series, um, it was never really a financial thing. I just wanted to do it kind of for fun, like a hobbyist, really. Um, so I was just writing myself into the character, largely. Um, you know, the usual stuff. Try, try to be humble, uh, the character. Try to not have him, no, no ego. Um, and a bit like me, he has anxiety issues, like many characters in many um, books have, have those kinds of flaws. They could be seen as um, strengths as well sometimes. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything much better than everybody else has already said, so I'm going to pass it back. It's the danger of being at the end. By the time it goes to him, everyone said everything. <laughs> so maybe we start with him next. <laughs> Be all right if you had enough of bloody microphone. No, but then, then the microphone ends up here. <laughs> Good thinking. Okay. All right, Steve, you're first in this next question. 
<laughs> is it all right if I just launch it at you? Is that all right? Yeah, to cause chaos, it's fine. Um, what am I going to ask you next? Um, what was the one thing you wanted to achieve when you started writing, and have you achieved it yet? <laughs> Everything Simon said. <laughs> Actually, I have achieved it. Um, I was never going to be a writer. I never had plans to be a writer. But um, I was living in Korea, um, teaching English about 15 years ago. And uh, I went on a blind date um, with my girl, well, my wife now sat, sat at the back. Um, and she was a writer, but I wanted to impress her. So I said I was a writer too. <laughs> and she said, um, so what have you written? And I was like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> nothing. She called me out and she challenged me to write a novel. Um, and it was coming up to NaNoWriMo as it is now, which I didn't know what it was. National Novel Writing Month, for those who don't know. Um, and I, I wanted to um, impress her, so I did. I wrote a novel. Um, and 28 novels later, um, you can all blame her. Um, if you'd not impressed her yet. No, I'm still trying. Um, so what I wanted to achieve was to um, win a girl, and I guess I did. <laughs> not unless your husband's a novelist. Yeah. Uh, have I achieved anything? Um, no, I don't. No, I don't think you've ever feel like you've achieved. Well, you obviously have. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't think I've achieved everything. Um, I always, I'm not generally a particularly ambitious person in other walks of my life. But with writing, I've always been. I, I always have been. And when I, when I was, I did a very short writing course um, before I started writing properly. And um, when I was doing that for fun, the next challenge was I wanted to actually get a piece of writing published. So because I wasn't satisfied just writing for fun. Once I got my first story published in writing in women's magazines, that wasn't enough. I wanted to get more published. So that was my next challenge. And then once I'd had a, a number of those published, I then it wasn't enough when I wanted to write a serial, so that was my next challenge. And then that wasn't enough, and then I thought I'd quite like to write a novel. And it was I'm never quite happy with what sort of the stage I've got to really. So um, now I've written a novel, I've just got to get the film deal. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to get the deal. So I, I don't know. I, I, I always, I'm always sort of wanting to challenge myself really. Um, I think being on my first panel was the biggest challenge. I've got to go this way. Sitting in the middle, it'll be interesting to know that my answer will be similar to both of these two mixed together. Um, because, yeah, it, on one level, um, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve basically published novels, finish the book, get it published. The next step then is someone reads it and they like it, which is always really, really pleasing. Um, you can't believe what that means to an author when you're here in a review or anecdotally that are, you know, they like your book. Because you never really know how it's going to land. You know, it's like when I used to do music before writing, 
you never knew people would like your music and, and all that kind of thing. And then that builds on, um, similar to what Wendy, I think, was, was saying, that um, you're always in the moment and then always looking forward to. So, like when I was doing songs, like the one you were working on at that time was your favourite song, let alone the one you wrote three years ago. You know, George Michael said he, keeps, he always got reminded of Careless Whisper. Um, but he wrote that with Dan Ridgely when they were 17, 18, but he was still remembered all them years later. It's kind of a, a strange thing. So, happy with where I am, absolutely. I will not lose sleep if I don't sell another book. Um, however, yeah, how I achieved everything, probably not. Would love a TV deal, film deal, all, all the stuff that's been said today, you know, be a multi million seller. Um, but I would still come here and sit on this panel for you, Donna, if I was a multi million seller. So, so there you go. <laughs> now, well, I, I never started writing to become a best selling author, and I've achieved that. <laughs> you know which one I mean. Um, yeah, I, I was lucky, I was in business for years. I was able to sell business five years ago, retire. And then I got all this time on my hands. I'm not a sit around, do nothing kind of person. So, like I do, I started a record label in Texas. And uh, that's kind of went well. And I started songwriting. I realized I really enjoyed songwriting and the writing process itself. And then I had the idea for the Jimmy Wayne series about a washed up. A musician becomes a serial killer, and the book's gone well. And uh, it's a book that's in your head, and then you, when you start writing, if you enjoy it, you must get it out, and all these ideas start coming to you. I've now just finished the second book. The first one comes out, a new series where a serial killing actor in Stratford on Avon in 1972, the first book he thinks is Hamlet, plays the play out. And uh, you think, where does all this come from? And I just think writing's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say what Stephen said, um, just for a joke, but obviously he told such a brilliant story that it doesn't work now, so thanks, Stephen. Um, I think um, someone once said that like every work of art or any artistic creative endeavour is never finished, it's just abandoned. Um, which is true, because like, you just tinker endlessly. You know, it's never finished, it's never perfect. Um, so in terms of the kind of achievement, I'd sort of always want the next one to be a bit a bit nearer to whatever. Because you imagine in your head it's perfect. You're like, oh, it's going to be this and whatever. And it's got all these possibilities. And then you have to kind of nail it to a page. And increasingly it just gets harder and harder. I mean, interestingly, how many of you are, are writers in the room? Want to be? Oh, yeah, some, the majority. And the thing is, like, we all, just because we're sat on a panel, doesn't mean to say that we've sussed it. Um, it's really hard. Um, and actually, you know, sort of the bath, that's what you've got to realise is, and this, I've written, just fin finished my ninth book. It's sort of two things I've learned is one, that when you finish a book, it's not like making a table that the next table will be easier because you've learned loads of lessons. All you really learn when you write a book is how to write that book. And there are transferable skills, of course, like, you know, characterization and technical stuff like doing speech and stuff like that. But largely, the big problems are only solved in that book and then you have a whole bunch of new ones and new ones and so that sorry never changes um and so i think i just the thing that's sort of weird we're sort of masochists as well as sadists i guess because the thing is even though it's really hard the challenge is the thing i think so i just what i want to achieve 
Um, and my book's been pretty successful and sort of translated and sold all around the world. And I've ha I have had TV deals. So I'd say it's, it's good to get a TV deal. It's even better if it gets made. Um, um, and, um, you know, I've sort of, I've achieved a lot of those things. But there's little things still, like what I walked in today and then my book's there. And I still get a little lift. And when you get the books, you know, you get a box of them when they come. You know, that doesn't change. That doesn't get old. So I just want to keep achieving that and trying to write the next book a little bit better than the one before. That's that's the thing that sort of keeps me going, punishing myself. <laughs> yeah, authors are weird, I say it all the time. Yeah, we are, true. <laughs> um, what's the craziest or funniest review you've ever had? The craziest, craziest or funniest review I've ever had? Well, I don't really look at them now. When I started off, of course, you do, you obsessively look at them, especially the first ones. Um, and I don't know if they still do it, but they, they did a thing. There was an Amazon Vine program, uh, which is where you can sign up and basically get sent stuff to review. Um, and I think most authors refer to it as the Amazon Vile program because what happens is you'll get someone who, you know, will get a free razor or a free, I don't know, earbuds. And they, you know, you go, great, free razor. It's, it's amazing. These earbuds are amazing and they're free. So five stars. And then they get sent a 400-page book and they've never read a book. And they will go, I mean, this book is like, it took me weeks to read. And that, the review is basically the fact that it wasn't and some earbuds. So I've had reviews like that, you know, of like this, this book is too long and it's hard to read. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't look at them now because they do. Because I've realised that the good ones don't do you any good but the bad ones stay with you for days. So it's just better to ignore all of them. Book was damaged, one star. <laughs> We've all had that one, yeah. All had that one. Uh, the other one was, um, I read the reviews and this book looked amazing. So I bought it, I read the first two chapters and I didn't like it, and that one star. So I managed to get her address uh, online and I wrote her and I said, you were right, because they were the best two chapters. <laughs> um, I think it was your review of my book, I don't know. <laughs> I think, oh, scratch my head a little bit, but I suppose the one I, I think of, um, probably on a different sort of uh, context to what the guys have said. Um, the first book in the Judge Stone series was meant to be a standalone, so there might be better, you'll see it's the size of a house. Um, it was about a protagonist called William Chamberlain who um, had telekinetic powers, but he was um, he had multiple sclerosis. As his multiple sclerosis got worse, his telekinetic powers got stronger. And I thought, I think Billy Champion needs a bit of a psychic. I'll create Judd Stone just to be psychic. Um, one of the first reviews I got from my Buddha was, I must read more Judd Stone. <laughs> so that's how the series came about. It was never intended. Um, as I say, Judd's into his fifth, sixth book later. Fiction novel. I had no idea what I was doing 
I wrote it for NaNoWriMo, so I had only a week to come up with an idea. And I just vomited this manuscript out. Um, <laughs> took about two years to edit it and I, I read it again recently it's horrendous but and it's, it was a literary coming of age tale of this young kid in the 60s went on this quest to find this missing mum um, and one reviewer who I, I still don't know who it was this is eight nine years ago said it was a Dickensian like quest so for someone to liken my book to Dickens is just literally crazy so that's the craziest Just going on to edit your review, Martin. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, I can do that. Um, does anyone have any questions for these? Uh, at the back. Uh, you, kind of touched, you guys kind of touched on it earlier on, which is um, that imposter syndrome. Um, that you're never happy with what you've done. And I wonder how you cope with that. And the second sort of part of that question is, there's a book out there that you wish you'd written. What is it? Uh, I don't, I mean, the imposter, people have imposter syndrome like everywhere, don't they? Like, not just writers, but like, I, you know, I've got, I'm friends with all sorts of people in all walks of life and they all say they get imposter syndrome. I think it's just part of the human condition. I think, unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath, that's like, yes, I am God, and I am, of course I'm in charge of it, like Donald Trump or someone like that. Um, I think most of you, if you're sort of well-adjusted and normal, um, do doubt yourself. And I think it's, again, unfortunately, it's part of the process of being human, is doubting yourself, because, you know, it stops us being insufferable, probably, and makes us try harder and consider other people. So I think it's quite a good thing. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we should embrace it. Embrace your inner imposter. Um, uh, and um, what was the other part of the question? The oh, the book out there that I wish I'd written. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Dread. Great, obviously. <laughs> Not for any other reason than financial. <laughs> Thanks for that, because uh, I was about to say, I'm like an imposter. So, Makes me a terrible person. But now I have to say. You're the psychopath. Yeah, or a psychopath. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, I think, really, in life, if you want to do something, do it. Don't let anybody ever say you're not good enough or you shouldn't do that and who do you think you are. Just do it. And life's too short. And if I could have written any book, it would have been um, As I Walked Out on Midsummer Morning by Laurie Lee, the most beautiful prose you'll ever read. I think imposter syndrome, yeah, definitely feel that at times. Um, but I think as authors, we're probably some of our most guilty of being our own worst critiques as well. And, and that kind of, in a weird way, keeps you going and keeps trying to perfect and, and do better, I guess. Um, in terms of book, there's plenty of songs I wish I'd written that other people did. Books, um, for Shades of Grey, J.K. Rowling, not necessarily for the content, it's not necessarily either of my cup of tea. But certainly I'd like the, uh, the fame and the prestige that has come with them two books. Um, from, from a more of a literary point of view, I guess, uh, I, let's go for Bram Stoker's Dracula. He started, you know, off that vampire book, okay, it all started with him, absolutely. So, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, I've written in point because as I said before this is my first panel 
and I've been writing for well, since two, 2018. Um, and this is the first one I've done because I didn't feel that even after seven books, I was worthy of being on a, on a panel. And that is just how crazy it is, because how many books do you need to write and publish to be on a panel? And yet I didn't feel like I owned my place, which is so, you know, silly, isn't it? And I'm sure that we all feel that in, a, you know, in, in different ways or we all felt that at, at some point. Um, what was the second question? The second question was... Book you want to write. Oh, the book that I wish I'd written. Oh, probably um, Rebecca, Daphne du Maurier. I'm a real sucker for description and place. And my, my psychological thrillers are all set in atmospheric places. And you know, I think that's all come from you know, a book like that. I wish I'd written it, but I didn't. I agree about this panel. Um, I was at the festival in um, Newcastle in December, um, Simon was on a panel, um, and as a fanboy, I went to the table, waited in line to get one of Simon's books signed, and I mentioned that I uh, was an author too, and he said, oh, maybe one day you'll be this side of the table, and a few months later, Don invited me onto this panel along with Simon, so that was kind of bizarre, so I don't feel, um, I feel a bit of an imposter right now as well. Um, and the book I wish I'd written is uh, Shantaran by David Gregory Roberts, or Gregory David Roberts. Um, absolutely amazing, beautiful storytelling. I wish I'd written that. I'd just like to quickly add that the very, very first panel talk I ever went to was, it wasn't a panel talk, sorry, the talk, um, it was your Simon as well, so I feel that I've done this end. Let's see what I've spawned. <laughs> Any more questions, Morgan? Again? Uh, I'm just going to comment, really. Mm -hmm. uh, sort of akin to Wendy's uh, comment about the reviewer, uh, one of my books was a blogger's uh, book of the year, which is no mean feat. Um, but my the first uh, one-star review for it was, which actually made me laugh, was I don't normally leave reviews for books, but this one was so bad I felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the gentleman behind you had a question. So you've all written multiple books and published multiple books. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you're writing your first, what would it be? Uh, for me, it'd be enjoy it. Because I think when you're not published, you're so focused on writing something and getting to the, you know, getting to the top of that summit of being published. Um, that you sort of forget that actually there's a whole mountain range beyond it. And once you get onto that mountain range, not only do you know how hard it is because you've climbed one and you got to the top, but also then you have things like deadlines and readers emailing you going, or messaging on Facebook going, oh, just finished your book that literally has just come out. When's the next one? And you're like, I'm writing it and it's rubbish and it's terrible. And actually with that first one, you don't have any of that. And so I would say, you know, sort of, and you have, a, you have a, I think, a degree of freedom with the first one that you're probably not aware of at the time, because you're writing it for you, really. Uh, and as soon as you, if you're lucky enough to be published, then all of a sudden they go, ooh, we, that did well. Can you do another one that's the same but different? And so all of a sudden you're locked into things. There's other pressures, um, and, you know, time pressures and uh, all of those other things, which you don't have with the first book. So I would say to myself as I'm writing, my, as when I was writing Sanctus, 
really enjoy this because it's never going to be like this again. That's a great start to a book sanctus as well, climbing up a thousand foot cliff and preparing to jump. Yeah, do that. Super open that one, yeah. Um, for me, it's very much what Simon said, enjoy it. Um, and unlike what Simon said, I don't think about writing for the market. I write the book I want to write. And if you want to read it, fine. If you don't, fine. Life's too short to spend six months writing something you don't really want to write. Definitely enjoy it, just go for it um, and go with the flow um, and don't think too much about it until the finished article. However, the advice I will give myself, I might have heard Guy talk about this earlier on a panel where um, he signed with um, a dodgy agent, shall we say. Um, I came to chat to him after his, and it was the same dodgy agents I signed with. Um, so avoid dodgy agents, and if I could, yeah, my time again, I definitely wouldn't sign with a dodgy agent. But saying that, on the flip side, what I, it's funny when you're in that position at your lowest step, and it was your debut novel, so I could have just like given up. Um, and he got me onto a publishing house, which in effect just does what self you can do as a self-publisher, but they take loads of money and they control you and you feel a little bit trapped. Um, you learn what not to do then, but you know, you, you, you flip it, you learn so much in that space that actually going forward everything's pretty good, so yeah. Where dodgy agents. <laughs> Killing me the novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I've got two very quick answers to this one. Um, the first one is, this is related to the root canal answer. <laughs> is um, somebody's one-star review is going to be somebody else's five-star, or, or one-star read will be somebody else's five-star, so don't get hung up on you know, negative reviews because you're going to have so many more positive reviews than you are negative, but it is a human trait to always read the negative ones. Um, and the second one I've forgotten, so it probably wasn't very important. <laughs> <laughs> My advice would be, um, don't go on blind dates. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but I think when you're starting out, you should write um, as if no one's reading, because there's a lot of chance that some people will never find your book. So write it for you, write the book you would like to be in, like, kind of like my ones, um, and just, just write for yourself, because if you enjoy it, the chance to our readers are going to enjoy it as well. Did you know my book, my third book was Blind Date? <laughs> it was called Blind Date, it was about a blind date, and no, you shouldn't go on blind dates. <laughs> From my experience, boys are really easily influenced by dare, so it doesn't even matter if it's a blind date. You'd be surprised how many books have come about because boys have been dead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and all these authors are amazing. They don't need imposter syndrome. And can we give them a big round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. ready to sign books as well and I have uh, tote bags for £5 so I keep forgetting to say so if you want one then come and ask me or tote ask bags. my wifey Sharon and she'll sort that out for you. Did you really start writing that novel just have six months in France? Yeah, I don't know. Picture please. Oh, picture. Yeah. Still playing? <coughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not today. Not today.
win. Not on play three times a week. Hi, uh, Simon. Hi, dude. How are you? Lovely I'll fight with a mic rising now. Yes, How have you been? Very good. Are you, uh, you well? Yeah, I've been yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Have you read that yet? Not yet. Oh, my God. Come, 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 come. Oh, well, I need to get a picture. Let me get a picture and then I'll Of course. Then you can chat. And music. Yes, yeah, yeah. music in common yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I could have And post it, and it's a like. Oh, it's on Twitter and or something. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is where mine go. The weird, yes. So the weird, if yeah. they do that, and I can see it's a nice one, then that's fine. <laughs> and also because people take the trouble to read your book and do a review, then of course I'll buy everything. It's those ones where they just do a really crappy one, then tag you. I didn't really care for this book. Tag. <laughs> I actually. Like, oh, thank you very much. It, I mean, I'm a blogger, so. Unless it's a four star or five star, I don't even bother writing well, that's a review. Because you're a very, very well brought up person. <laughs> Um, Linda you, with a Y. To you. Yes, please. <laughs> Never live that down now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I nearly told him this morning what I didn't. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's coming again tomorrow. Is he really? Uh, oh no, he's yeah. He's, no, I'm not here tomorrow. He's in conversation with Ellie and, um, yeah. and Leslie. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I've seen enough of him. 
How do you spell your name again? Uh, A-S-I-N. A yeah, I thought it was two S's. I knew I'd get it wrong. Yeah. How's book three getting a log on? Uh, well, I'm doing the notes on it now. Okay. So it's, it's written, but um, I'm just doing, yeah, first lot of structural edits. Uh, so I'm just I'm putting a whole chunk of it in, in flashback, which is quite complicated. But it's good. That one's set in London, so oh, loads of headless bodies keep getting washed up on the table. Oh! <laughs> with things written on them, so there you go. Oh, like I said, Simon, just keep on with the great work. And well, thank you, and it's... Uh... Thank you very much. All the go. best as always. Take lovely. care. Lovely. Lovely to see you. Thank you. Oh my god, I don't like I stopped looking at my because I've I've had to put like because I just get that really so I thought, right, I need to catalogue it. So I put it now. Oh, I've done. I've and I've put all the books in so that I know I don't waste. I'll pre-order books. Yeah, I'll think about it. And then I'll go to an event and buy them, and then it will appear in the post. And that's what I do. Yeah, no, I do it all the time. Can't see any of your books. What? Oh, 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 we flew down because we live in the free so so we went to Glasgow and then flew to Gatwick and then we were fine. It was fine, yeah. And it was actually half the price of two of us than it was for one of the drugs. No, they want to encourage people to take sort of time. Paul, he's an avid fan of your TV show as well. Oh, really? Books, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yes, we watched you. He said, Has he got the coat? Well, he hasn't got the coat. I've got, okay. Where's the purple line? What is that? You look good in it. Oh, well, no, that was that's that's just another. I've got, I like long black coats. That's your trademark. It's your thing. It's also Peter Moore. Unless you're filming it. Yeah, otherwise you just end up with exactly that sort of like, like, <laughs> No, no, it's good. You totally just, weird. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know what like what happened to long They don't look as good in them as you do. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Okay, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to buy a couple of books.
Like that. That's it. Mm. No one ever calls me Nicola, but I like to use it. It's a nice name. I remember discussing it last time. Yes, yeah. it's good. I like those things where there's sort of slightly different spellings. Like my yeah. wife's a Catherine, but it's K, K and a Y. So K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. So yeah. My grandson is a British with a Y. Good, there you go. But not after Gryffindor. Really? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Although my daughter is a total copperhead, it wasn't after that. It was just that she just said, the way it is, with yeah, an yeah. I, it's everyone's supposed with an I. So she wanted it to be with an I. That'd be different. Got to stand out from the crowd. There you go. And he definitely does. I see someone <laughs> brandishing a book. <laughs> is, that, is that mine as well? No, is it not? Oh. not. But he used the husband. So. Yeah, oh, it's folk, fair enough. It's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Urban before, but I just like, like the sound. It's my, my cup of tea, like. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, these, yes. So this is my Solomon Creed series. But again, they're all standalone. You don't yeah. Have, yeah, they're standalone. Yeah. Okay, like. So if you like the book, then yeah, so yeah. You'll, you'll go back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, shall I do it to you, to both of you, to like to? Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Uh, James. To James. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if they're like standalone or series, but either way, like, you know. Well, they're all part of a series, so, so this is, uh, yes, a sort of serious character, but, okay. but all of my books I was writing as standalone stories, yeah. so you can jump in anywhere. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. I like that about yeah. like, some series. Yeah. There's some that you... Well, I like it as a reader. Like, yeah. sometimes you hear about a book and you go, oh, that's great, and yeah. then you yeah. find out it's book 12, and it's you're like, and you're like actually, oh, God, I'm, I'm, do I really want to start at the beginning? You know, sort of naivety in reading, like, you know, oh, many years ago, um, I read the Tess Garrett's and Rosalie and Isle series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was a series. Yeah, yeah. I no, didn't you know don't... there was an order. No, I didn't. I the first one. The first one of hers I read was The Apprentice, which was the follow-up to The Surgeon, and I didn't even realise. Yeah. And, and it was I mean, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I read those two back-to-back, yeah. not even knowing, but I sort of started in the middle of the series. And then you realise yeah. and you can jump back. And, and yeah. I'm sure that series would have been quite good if you'd have read it right. But you know what, is? I think a lot of people like me, is you, you'll go into a book sh- like a, a charity shop, and you'll yeah. see a book and you'll go, or you'll have heard of the author, and you'll go, oh, I'll give that a go, and it's yeah. pound or whatever. And yeah. then you like, you you love it, and then you jump yeah. back and you yeah. know, download it's, them all on Kindle it's or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. That's a good yeah. entry level, I yeah. think. But I do like it, especially it's a bit like Chris Carter, isn't it? You know, yeah. any of them books you could just read as a standalone. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Well, they're self, the stories are self-contained, huge, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't have like a huge. Whereas. And they do enough in it to sort of you don't like to tell you know give you hints of what's happened yeah, without telling right. without yeah. spoiling anything. Books, yeah. yeah, like with, I suppose like Peter James again. It's another one where I think the order you of could the, jump in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. could actually. Yeah. Um, even though I've sort of read them from the beginning, but yeah, I, I do. I do like ones where you could just pick them up and read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the first time I've been on a on a like a like a, yeah. a book festival, and I find it fascinating. Every single one of the authors, like you know. And are you, do you write? Are you writing as well? Or oh, no, I'll just, be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's. Um, I know. Yeah, it's. It's. Yeah. Before I was published, I came to a few, and you sort of, it's very interesting oh, yeah. to sort of hear the process and how much work goes into yeah. it. I just find that everyone like sort of their stories and how they got into it and mm. stuff like fascinating. Yeah, really like, yeah, because you've always like. Yeah. Love to, like, yeah, like, yeah, do a course, I'd love or, to be able to write. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, can, you can, just do it. The thing is, I can write poetry like that. Yeah. You yeah, give yeah, me a yeah, word yeah, and I yeah. can write something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I did a 21 day poem challenge. So basically, people have just given me a word like peach, yeah. um, the church, the big church thing in Spain, you know, and I've just. Ooh, if you've got a like that, yeah, broke poems, yeah. travelled on a train, broke poem. 
and I'll yeah. tell you that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. second to none. Yeah. About 15, 20 minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I just don't know if there's okay, yeah. for anything like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there is people that pick it up oh, and read God, it. Oh, God, yeah, no, yeah, there is. Yeah, because yeah. you can get a collection together, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Personal, it's already signed. It's signed, but it's not, it doesn't say to Anne. Cheers, Thank you very much. No, love it. Enjoy the rest of the day, and I hope you like the book. This is the only way to prove to people that... Uh, the, yeah. Shall yes. I write something very personal to you? You write, write whatever you like in there. Put your phone mm. number if you want. <laughs> I don't think Mrs. Toy Bureau happy. Yeah, probably not. Um, I wouldn't do that. Have you read, dark, have you read Dark Objects? No. But if you've got a copy, I'll have one. And there wasn't one on there. So. But if that's, not. that's one. Well, I nicked that, so yeah. yeah. That's for sale. Oh, she's gone now. Okay. Well, if you sign that one as well, then I'll get another one. Okay. <laughs> Because I know I was going to buy a load of yours when we were at Harrogate, and then I, I don't know what happened. I think, uh, I, think I, just, I think I don't think all yours were there, were they? they were I sold, well, I sold out really oh, quickly after my out. panel, yeah, and yeah. so that was it. And then they didn't have any others, so it was kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this has been really good. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's nice to we get a weekend away as well, so. Yeah. And sometimes that's important, isn't it? You do all these author events, and you don't have any time for anything else. Thank you. I don't know if I can say that until we're not done. Yeah, so you need to... I'll go and pay for that. Yeah. Not a problem. Well, this was great for me to come and do this because it's a publicity thing, but there are very few authors here I knew anyone, I knew at all. No, it's Normally really... Normally, like Harrogate, the same old faces. I think some of these little sort of smaller ones, they yeah. tend to get more local people or sort of yeah. people who... Yeah, no, it's nice because you get different people who you wouldn't necessarily see. Because, yeah, some of those bigger ones, it is all the same people. It's all the same, same people. Time, which is nice. I don't want to go to that panel because I know what their books are about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, although I've seen you before, but this, again, it's, it's still, you know... I feel sorry for people come and see my pack because I'd, like, start telling the same stories. I'd be on the panel with you. <laughs> I would love it. Very much. Oh, let's make that happen. We will make that. Let's happen. make that happen. We will yeah. definitely. Can you write that down? Yeah, let's do a panel. I think we should, and I think it should be a, a proper, get, you know, tell me your cheek party. Oh yeah, no, it's much better. We've got to have a bit of fun with it. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather do a, a light-hearted one. Than a oh yeah, one. yeah, absolutely. I always panic a bit when I find myself on a panel and everyone's been really earnest. The amount of people who stop me just want to know about the male strippers I dealt with more than anything else. Yeah, cool. So that's what people want to know about. So doing three of us or something, isn't it? No, because yeah, no, yeah, no one likes it. Which ones are we doing lines of coke and things like that? Yeah. That's what you want to hear. Fighting over, yeah. fighting over um, hair bobbles. Oh dear. Ah. It's, it's a weird one though, and I think like, having fun oh, is I thought I'd slide in. Well, I was going to say, do you want to swap? No, I'm sure. A good question. My pleasure. Always. Um, and um, I've realised that I probably sound more books not talking about it, but just sort of doing funny stories. I think the funny stories are what's the. I mean, Mark Billy goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And then people go, oh, you know, you sound like. Oh, I remember him, he was there, it was on my. I think it's that thing, it's they go, oh, you must be a good storyteller because it's talking. That's it. Yeah, I'm asking the scene, then I'm interested. It looks like it starts off on painting it. Yeah. They wake up from the slide. Or well, they wake up and use a body next to them. Definitely.
Only one woman, huh? One yes. woman. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I have to come because I'm the woman. Talking yeah. woman. <laughs> Did I see Abby here come there? Yeah, he was here. I love having that shot so far. The power. Yeah. Hello and welcome to my last panel of the day. Uh, police procedural, uh, which I know is going to be trouble, which is why I now have Effie with me. Um, in order. Yeah. Uh, as sadly, Tony Porter had to pull out because he hasn't recovered well enough from COVID. Um, and as always, I'm going to pass the microphone down and get everyone to introduce themselves so I don't have to. Um, so there you go. Well, if you were here this morning, you'll have heard me talk already, so I won't say as much. Um, other than I'm the author of Conf 